Uh, well, hello everybody out there, Music Video Land, welcome to another edition of This Week in Music Videos, the Music Video Land podcast brought to you by your super good friends at imvdb.com, that's the internet music video database.com. Uh, my name is Adam of the IMVDB, it's the podcast where we talk about music videos, and with me, as usual, um, the, ramen, the ramen boy, not the ramen boy, the ramen boy himself, Mr. Doug Klinger, how are you, Doug? Doing super good, Adam, call if you need me. I will, and I frequently do. It's true. You call me on Skype. You call me on text message. I call you on the cell phone. Mm-hmm. It's a Drake uh, lyric, and this album is – this, uh, this, this uh, podcast is coming out on uh, April 29th, and, which is the day that Drake's Views from the Six album is released. That's right, and I've seen so many uh, views from the six memes out there, um, including There's one directly from you. Two, I did two. Oh, you did two? Okay, <laughs> so you did the one where you're you're you got your leg on the trash can. What was the other one? Uh, there's one where he's on my head. And oh, okay, uh, yeah, that was also a good one. Okay. Yeah, they're both great. I'm great. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> that's the meme. The, the views from the six meme generator, which we'll link to in the show notes, is really good. It, it, actually, I was just gonna joke that there's probably a meme generator for that. Is there a meme generator for mm-hmm. that? Yeah, it's it's drakesviews.com. Oh, that's and it's so, it's so funny. You put your you put your your picture in there, and then you go next, and he fucking he like drops in from the top. <laughs> he comes like flying in, and then you can put him wherever you want. So people who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the new the cover for views from the six, and the six is Drake's. I found it pretty ballsy that Drake made up a name for an entire city and it stuck. So much. I, I don't think I, I, think he, made, I thought I, th- I, th- I believe that he made that up. I don't know. I mean, you would. I guess you would know better than me because you are um, Canadian. But I didn't know he made it up. But I believe you. I, I, I'm, I'm relatively sure he made it up. Maybe don't quote me, but. Um, the the cover is him. It's called Views from the Six, and the cover is him on top of the CN Tower. Um, and if like, so I grew up in. Um, I call it the Canada Space Needle, but it's called the. <laughs> oh, it's, it's well, it's way bigger than the Space Needle. I think it's the tallest freestanding structure. I think maybe in the world, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, freestanding well. in terms of. It's I don't even know what they mean, but anyway, it's so when we were kids, we used to go to Toronto. We used to go to the CN Tower, and they used to, and you know, you take the giant elevator up, and it's the Sky Dome where the um, Toronto Blue Jays play baseball is right underneath it. So that's kind of like the symbol of Toronto. But it's funny because it's it's like a very close up shot of the CN Tower, and I think everybody he's, sit, in, he's sitting on the ledge. He's sitting on a ledge. And I think everybody in Toronto is super excited about that because the CN Tower is is it's it's like a symbol of Toronto, but it's kind of a. Di- it's it's not really cool, I guess you could probably say. It's kind of like a it's a landmark, but it's it's kind of like eighties ish, and it's and uh, this kind of like the Statue cool. Statue of Liberty. Oh, well, it's not way not as nearly as cool as Statue of Liberty. Oh, really? I didn't think the Statue of Liberty was cool at all. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, it's a symbol. It is simple, the, but, but the, the CN Tower is more just like a hey, we built a giant tower and come bring your kids to it. <laughs> for no for no fucking reason. Here's well, a no fucking reason building. Um, yeah, and you and if you are in Canada, you'll see a lot. CN is I can't remember what it stands for, but it's a Canadian like oil company or something like that, or or a transportation company. So anyway, cool cool on Drake, and he made a meme, and he's the best at that. Obviously, like right, you, you even if it's just a picture. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he does it like, consciously, but he creates these things where you can just take them apart really easily. Yeah, and 
you can it, like it's a picture of him on top of something, and the CN Tower confirmed that it was a Photoshop. But like now, people are putting it on top of anything they want, which is great. Well, the thing is, it's a hundred percent an actual Drake website, the view, the drakesviews.com. Like it is a hundred percent. It is a hundred percent like um, promotion, and you like, and I put in my Twitter account and shit. Like <laughs> you put in your whole thing, it, but it is a hundred percent like a. Um, it wasn't something that just like some some creative, inventive uh, Weber websiter made. It was uh, uh, I think it's an actual Drake promotional tool. Well, that's so. how, how smart is that? Because that's becoming such a, that's becoming a part of these like releases. Um, because just the Kanye, the Kanye, the Life of Pablo album yeah, had the same. I, was, I don't, but that one I do not believe was uh, no. Affiliate. Somebody just did that. I don't think Kanye had his shit together enough to be able to get pull something (laughs) off like that. Right. There's like six six different masters of the album and came out. Um. He was trying to get a show together at Madison Square Garden. It's just it. That that stressed me out. That album release really physically stressed me out. Kanye um, both has it doesn't have his shit together at all, mm-hmm. and has it completely together at the same time because he just is can you know because he can get away with so much more stuff that it is ultimately together because of the outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and how funny is that people used to say that oh like uh, online music and you know digital music was going to kill the album cover and now it's such an important part of everything it just yeah. it wraps everything together because it, you know and we'll talk about Beyonce's Lemonade in, in just a minute but it's something that I you know it's kind of hard to get to so you, all you really have is that that visual mm-hmm. um, that cover of Beyonce with the, the cornrows I guess like, is that what you call them. Um, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Yeah, so let's talk about this. So this is this is one of those "What a time to be alive" moments. Yeah, because which have, is also a Drake line. That's right. Yeah, well, I'm cool, and I know Drake lines, so I just sprinkle mm-hmm. them in without. Do you use them as your Instagram captions sometimes, or is that you just know me? what I don't? You know, I've I don't want to copy you because you you don't want to copy me copying Drake. That's right. Yeah. Well, you do a lot of Instagram. You, you do a lot of cool captions, and I don't know how to do cool captions. And I feel like if I did, I'd it, it would look like I'm trying too hard. <laughs> With, unlike me, who's just pulling it off, no problem. Uh, yeah, well, you you, my, go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say your Instagram is extremely entertaining. That's a. Uh, I, I try to bring up the entertainment. I had one today. Uh, I was walking down the street, and Kyle from Brother just start shouting from at me from a window. That's what's that like. what was going on in that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just walking down the street, and I just hear my name. Um, Kyle and Alex are working at Milk Studios, which is where the Legs office is. Is just two blocks from the Vimeo office, and so. Um, I look at I look at Alex's Snapchat and I see restaurants nearby all the time. So as soon as I heard my name, I kind of figured who it was. It was hard to communicate with him across the street and like and like and with him thirty feet in the air. But uh, it was good to see him. What did What did Alex have to say? Well, I saw it was Kyle. Oh, uh, Kyle, sorry, it was Kyle. Yeah. He just said hey, and I said, "Are you guys working?" And he said, "Yeah," and I was like, "That's cool." <laughs> And then he said, "Let's." And then he said, "Let's hang." So you know that was it. But um, uh, we didn't hang immediately. Like you know, ha- let's eventually hang. And so, tune in next week to see if we've eventually hung. <laughs> so, uh, besides views from the six coming out a few days ago, maybe I think five days ago or so, we had Lemonade come out by Beyonce. Mm-hmm. 
I think we were on this podcast. Um, Adam Alexander's not joining us tonight, but Adam, Adam Alexander was on at that time when Beyonce's 2013 self-titled album dropped. Mm-hmm. And one of the unique features of that album is that it came with a visual album. Um, and you guys remember we were, you know, if on iTunes you would buy the album and you would get all of the album audio tracks and then you would essentially get the album again with the video tracks. Mm-hmm. So each one was, you know, if there, I think there was 12 tracks, you would get 12 songs and 12 videos. So this time Beyonce has done it a little differently. I think we had, a, Beyonce, the self-titled album just dropped without any sort of warning. We had a little bit of warning this time. Um, and this time HBO carried the premiere of the, what they're calling the visual album. But mm-hmm. this time everything is, there's two main differences. A, it's being treated as one singular entity. So there is a lemonade film, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's broken down into different videos, but they're all tied together. And we'll talk about what ties them together a little bit later. But um, So that aired on HBO. Uh, was on HBO Go for a very brief time, I believe, 24 to 48 hours. And now the only place you can get it is if you have a title subscription or if you buy it off of iTunes. Uh, and it is not broken down into separate songs. Like, when you buy the album off of iTunes, you get all the tracks as separate songs, obviously. And then you have just one piece that's an hour and five minutes long that says uh, Lemonade. And, that's, and it's the entire film. And so is it, how do you – can you just listen to it? You can listen to the – well, you can listen to the songs, yeah. And that, and those are where? Just on title? Those are just on title as well. Because the Beyonce, Beyonce album isn't even on Spotify right now, right? Or is it, it is, it is? It is, it is, it is, right. Um, but it wasn't initially for a while. And remember that came out – That it's, it's, it's so crazy how things have changed because that – when we talk about it just, like, appearing, where we're talking about it appearing in 2013 was on iTunes. And, of course, now Jay-Z, Beyonce's husband, uh, who is ostensibly the subject of this entire album, um, you know, is a co-owner. And I believe she is, too, of title. So, oh, wait, wait, but is it, is it? And I haven't listened to the album. I haven't seen the film. Uh, yeah, let's talk, a, so let's talk about the fact that you haven't seen it. Or, yeah, I guess that just doesn't really interest me. I don't really like it. Doesn't sound like none of what I've really heard about it is all, like talks about how great of a how great of a video it is. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely I definitely like music, uh, but <laughs> I, don't, I like music. But what I like about music videos is the video first, right. and there wasn't any excite. There didn't seem to be a ton of excitement ar- around this, other than the fact that it's fucking long. That it's a fucking movie. And like, and there are movies that like I like I haven't seen fucking Fantastic Mr. Fox yet. Mm. So that's going that's going above Beyonce the movie uh, for for me if I'm going to watch long form content. Well, let's and talk so, let's talk about what the format is and who directed it. I think okay. So so we have another difference that I mentioned is, you know, when they released Beyonce's self-titled album and you had each of those individual videos, 
um, they were really self-contained videos, and you had a director associated with each one, right? So we have an entry for each one. And this one, basically, they just... They they have not told us which part which directors are have directed, but they have they have listed out there what directors are associated with the project. Right, and that is Khalil Joseph, um, and that is maybe a name that listeners might not be familiar with. Khalil Joseph um, is also. You think so? I mean, I mean, maybe he's done a bunch of music videos. Yeah, I mean, he's all, well, not that many. He did well, the, there's just not a lot that we have on this site because a lot of them are this kind of thing. He's got the "Until the Quiet Comes," that's like a film, and then he's also did a he did that um, Arcade Fire like weird thing that we tried to watch <laughs> one time, and then we were like, "Get get this away from me!" Um, and then he's got a Kendrick Lamar film. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of stuff that is like it's not directly music video stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like all of this kind of like gray area, middle of the road kind of like all of this stuff feels like to me like I mean, until the quiet comes is fantastic, but but a lot of these like movie music videos. Um, just don't feel like they know what they want to be. I mean, for every, you know, Vincent Haycock's The Odyssey, um, there's a bunch of just like full, you know, music video films that don't make any sense and and suck and 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 should just be a music video. So yeah, we we, we tried watching the Arcade Fire uh, film that he did, and I mean, I found it to be. Pretty dense, uh, pretty inaccessible for a huge. I'm a huge Arcade Fire fan. I like stuff like that, and I, I really did find it kind of um, frustrating in in the sense that it was just, it, it, yeah, you're you're right. It didn't know what it was going to be. It wanted to be, and and as a result, it didn't really deliver anything because it didn't know what it wanted to deliver. Right. Um, so I, I think the the Lemonade film definitely has qualities of that. I've read people who have said that they suspect that it's his sort of overall vision that ties a lot of this together. And I'm not mm-hmm. really sure I, I agree with that, but they nobody has really – they didn't really list out like, okay, Khalil – Joseph directed this. Somebody else directed that. But it was. Uh, but there's also. I've, I read Belita Matsukis did did some of this project and uh, a couple other names I have heard associated to the to the video. Right. The other names are well, Beyonce uh, uh-huh. is accredited as a director. Melina Matsukis, um, Todd Torso, who is uh, Beyonce's creative director mm-hmm. um, and has mainly worked on her tour, but he is also credited as a director. Um, someone whose name I had not heard before, Dikail Rimashk, who is a, a visual artist. Um, Jonas Ackerland, who obviously famous music video director, and of course Mark Romanek, who is also also famous dude um, in the music video world. So an interesting mix of names. Mm-hmm. Um, some some pretty expected, some unexpected, and yeah, because Melina Matsukos did the video for Formation, so there's. Information isn't kind of as part of this, but it, it kind of it, it plays over the credits, um, and the, uh, the the song does, and then the actual music video is just at the end. Um, With uh, Abdeen's footage still there? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think I turned it off at that point. But um, <laughs> so it's so it's so you haven't seen this, so I'm just going to describe really quickly what the concept is because I think it's important. Um, it the concept so people everybody is you've heard like the the, the 
the noise around this that this is about Jay Z cheating, right? Yeah, um, I've I've heard some people say that, but I've also heard some people be like, "Can't this just be an album, and and doesn't necessarily have to be about her life specifically?" Well, and that's kind of an issue that I had with this is that the album itself can definitely be something that's out not about her life. The actual Lemonade film is uh, kind of shockingly literal. Not in the visuals, but there is this... Um, so every, the film is divided into these segments that are the song segments. But at, in front of every segment, you get like a one word, one basically one word. Um, and it's like denial, anger, uh, different like emotions, essentially. Mm-hmm. And there are little like voiceovers, and the voiceovers are crazy, just crazy literal. And they're basically like, I can't believe you would cheat on me. Uh you know, basically just her saying, she says everything except, hey, this is about Jay-Z cheating on me. Yeah, um, but what are, what like, what are the, some of the indications that get, that tell you that it's specifically about Jay-Z other than the fact that, like, it, that it's Beyonce talking? Uh, well, <laughs> at the end of, the, t- toward the end, there's sort of like a character arc. Like, she, at the beginning, she is really angry that... Uh, she, you know, somebody cheated on her. Somebody's, mm-hmm. but by the end, she, she could, but like she is just whoever is the song subject. Yeah, but toward the end, there are there's sort of like a redemption, and the whoever, who, so let's just say maybe it's not Beyonce. Let's just say it's a character, and this character is, is like saying like, oh well, you know, we we were really good together. We should stay together, and then in those songs, there there's like there part of the visual of that is just like home video of her and and Jay-Z. Um, it is like intensely personal to the point of bringing in basically like footage from their wedding, um, footage, basically footage of her pregnant with blue Ivy footage of their personal life together. I mean, it's a very, very personal, uh, film in that way. Um, and, but, but you take that away from the actual songs and to me, the part that's the most literal and the most sort of bald face in that way is is the film. And, that, mm-hmm. and it's unique in that way because the, the 2013 Beyonce album was not that way at all. Um, or maybe a little bit. Like, I mean, Drunken Love could be about anybody, but the video made it about Jay-Z and Beyonce. Yeah, right. But, but, but the, in, pop songs in general don't necessarily like we don't need to assume that like every pop song every singer that sings a pop song is actually talking about themselves um and that's right. not that's not a prerequisite of a, of a song lyrics that the writer of those song lyrics is you know writing about them uh but like you know it's hard to deny i haven't seen this film but if you're telling me that home video footage of their wedding is is being used. This is a little bit harder to make an argument against it. Other than the fact of the, like, the argument that can be made of any, like, major pop star of that they just have a per- public persona or they're just, like, telling this this art artist story and they're, you know, Beyonce's like, look, I want to make an album about infidelity and I want to make it seem personal by putting wedding footage over top of it. And, like, Jay-Z being like, yeah, this is going to, you know, or whoever being like, yeah, this is going to be great. This, this could be really like, uh, make for a very compelling album and could, and could add a layer of conversation to what will, what will already be a conversation starter. And so, um, you know, 
Jay-Z probably, I mean, Jay-Z wrote a song called Big Pimpin'. So it's very, it's very, it's very possible that he cheat, you know, I think that's a, I think that's a Isaac Rentz tweet. <laughs> like she, he, he, he wrote a song called Big, Big Pimpin'. He's got a, you know, he's got a song called Girls, 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 Girls All Over the World. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's very possible that Jay Z might have cheated on Beyonce, but uh, it's also very popular possible that that these lyrics are, are just lyrics. Well, yeah, and we've always had a hard time, I think, as fans of music, just in general, as people who listen to music, separating the music from the people who are making it. And yeah. I think artists for like, and actually, now you mentioned it, Beyonce has done something like this. Like, remember when? Um, Garth Brooks wanted to be Chris Gaines. And yeah. as stupid as that was, that kind of makes... It is interesting in a way, like, okay, um, Garth Brooks can write a song as Chris Gaines and kind of uh, make himself one removed from that. And she and Beyoncé tried that around 2008 with the Beyoncé-Sasha Fierce stuff. I believe Single Ladies is from the Sasha Fierce character, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We now in like an era of intense personal knowledge of different celebrities, especially somebody as famous as Beyonce. Um, I mean, you remember right after this album came out, uh, I can't remember what site it was, but I think it was Jezebel had like a breakdown of like a full timeline of uh, news of Beyonce and Jay Z's relationship. Um, and tons of stuff that I'd forgotten but bubbled up in the news from time to time. Like, remember when Solange. Like you know, attacked Jay. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's. I like, is, totally forgot about that shit. All that stuff is super public. So, in a way, Beyonce, you know, without you know becoming, without having the anon, an anonymous feeling of a new artist, which she's not. She's an intensely pers- you know, public figure. So anything that she's going to write, I think, w- through no fault of her own, is going to be seen through that lens. So. Mm-hmm. I think that has to be what she's created has to be viewed in that lens. She knows that it's going to be picked apart like this. Yeah. No. Totally. Totally. But I think. But but that could that could prove you know prove the point of like her knowing stuff's getting picked apart anyway. You might as well just give like just throw a bunch of surface level shit out there and like have a song title about like penis size. Yeah. And shit like that. Like, let's just put a bunch of fucking you know you know edge edge level tabloid shit. All out there in front, and like stop digging in my real shit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pretend. I'm gonna pretend like Jay Z's penis is six inches long. Um. Yeah, that's. I mean, I. The, you may recall when the 2013 album came out. One of my biggest gripes was it was that every single song was about Jay Z and Beyonce fucking, and yeah. now I have to get dragged through the whole relationship thing. And my biggest issue with this is. It, because it's it's so literal in part, it's just it's not interesting at all. Like I'm not I'm not really that invested in Jay Z or Beyonce's relationship. So <laughs> yeah, her, right. Her journey going from somebody who's who went from being pissed at him from for allegedly sleeping around, perhaps maybe if you want to take it literally, to somebody who she's decides to stay with. It's like by the end, I'm just like, oh, oh okay, that's mm-hmm. like that's a. Uh, at least we know where you stand, Beyonce. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, so one thing I have to say about this is a beautifully shot film. Unbelievable scenes in this. 
um, mm-hmm. and some unbelievable visuals. Uh, one of the ones that people may have seen is Beyonce opening these doors at what looks like some, I don't know, some building in Italy or whatever, and just water coming out like uh, the Shining style. Um, is it possible that any of these beautiful scenes were ripped off from documentaries? <laughs> um doesn't look like it. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, There's no guaranteeing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna throw any guarantees around. But nothing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like it. But it, it was. It was a visually um, kind of stunning piece from that angle. Um, Content-wise, I think it left a little bit to to the to be desired. But that's because this isn't a like. It's you're not gonna really really be able to. Um, it is so hard to get depth out of something like this. Right. Um, you know, I think I happen to think Vincent Haycock and Florence Welsh did it, but like um, with with their Odyssey videos. But that's it. Just is so hard to do. They, like the, the the risks that Florence Welsh takes in in this series of videos with Vincent Haycock is enormous, mm. and 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 the, it's just incredibly bold and unlike any music video you'll see and just vulnerable and open and uh, like honest with it. And it is a story. Like, you know what I mean? It is a narrative. She isn't herself. She's got, you know, like, but like it just is an incredible piece of art. Um, uh, and so it can happen, but, but usually it doesn't. Usually it doesn't. So let's talk about the Odyssey. Well, so anything else we want to say about, uh, about Beyonce, um. um, I guess one. I guess this is this goes to the conversation that we've had. Like, just like to touch back one more time on the reason I haven't watched it is because I I watch it stuff that's free on the internet. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's what I do. There's there's plenty of free shit on the internet all the time where I don't need to put. I don't need to pay to watch something. And, yeah, I do have HBO now, but that was there for, like, two minutes, and it was gone. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like John Oliver a lot, and it still takes me, like, two or three weeks to catch up on certain episodes. So I'm not, I'm not like, rushing to um, ru- rushing to my phone to, to watch an hour-long music video when there are dozens of other music videos I could watch for free, and... And they're not an hour. And so, I don't know. I just, it, it, and, and, and it's these like weird walls that are, you know, the fact that now it's only entitled and stuff. Like, yeah, like I could find it in a rip if I wanted to go watch it right now. But like, it's, it's not going to be the best viewing experience for me. And I'm not going to pay for another title until Kanye drops another album. And so, until then, I'll either wait till they actually put it out for free or, or I just won't watch it. It's, I don't, I don't, it, there is so much content out there now that I feel you can skip shit and not feel bad. I haven't listened to 1989 yet because it's not on Spotify, and I don't feel any worse for it. Mm-hmm. You you can listen to the Ryan Adams cover. Of <laughs> yeah, so at least I can know what the subject matter is. Yeah, which although is I feel like I, do, I, feel, I feel like I do already. Yeah, I, there's so going over the numbers of the streamers. Um, uh, Spotify is at around 30 million uh, sub- paid subscribers um, or, yeah, paid subscribers. Uh, Apple Music is doing pretty well. They're at 13 million. And no. remember, remember they, they um, only launched about, I think, a year ago or a little over a year ago. 
Um, title is at three million, um, and they're currently being sued by uh, Kanye West fans because he claimed that <laughs> that uh, Life of Pablo would only ever be on title. Oh, really? Is that what that suit's all about? I hadn't paid a lot of permit or attention to it. So he claimed it would only be on title, which caused people to claim they went and bought title because they didn't think it would be anywhere else. Exactly, yeah. And then suddenly it showed up on Spotify and they were like, fuck you. Exactly, yeah. Because he, he in a... In a tweet he said not only would it never be on spotify but it wouldn't be ever be on apple music Mm -hmm. um, or even on itunes um Mm -hmm. and so he made it seem like literally the only way you're going to be able to hear this album ever is on is on title and that (laughs) very quickly changed and and so i think there's a reason why titles numbers are so low and uh it's because it it sucks like if you try to (laughs) Hey, do you think that maybe that's why there's a re- it's a different mastered version on Spotify? He's like, yo, it's a different album. <laughs> play the play the play the ad libs at the end of thirty hours. I'm saying shit at the different seconds. Yeah, it's I, not the same. I've tried hard to figure out what the differences are of the different versions, and I'm I'm at a loss. But they're there. Yeah, they're you there. Can feel them. Like he's just saying it. Like the pacing is slightly different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so frustrating. It's like holding in a sneeze for me. It's like <laughs> that's not where this shit goes. What are you doing to me, Kanye? And. Uh, uh, there's just so many things that I, I feel like, and, and it would go into a whole like UX UI discussion that I think is is not really worth having. But it's it's it is really an interesting time to, to, that we're being held hostage by all these pretty high profile profile artists: um, Adele, Taylor Swift, Kanye West, Rihanna. Although those two both. Uh, have you know Auntie and Life of Pablo, Pablo are on Spotify, um, yeah. and now Beyonce. And who knows? Like who knows if uh, Lemonade is? I, I have a feeling it's going to show up on Spotify, but maybe not for another few months. You know who knows? It, it's it's really is incredibly frustrating. It's going to be a while, I think. It, right now, when you log into Spotify and you go to Beyonce's page, it used to be like you'd have to scroll down past the popular and like find where the album would be in their, like, album section of their, like, artist overview page. And now when you log into the Beyoncé artist overview page, the very first thing it says is, Beyoncé's album, Lemonade, is not currently available on Spotify. We're working on it and hope to have it soon. Mm -hmm. Like, they put that above even, like, the ability to listen to Mm -hmm. 7-11. So it's interesting the placement has changed. And it looks like um, one of Beyonce's followers on Spotify is Adam Fairholm. So you'll know right away as soon as it comes. Uh, I will be. Yeah, it's, Spotify is an interesting beast. Um, I just follow anybody that... I follow a ton, ton of artists, but nobody ever... like. There's no like notifications that come through ever. Nobody ever follows you back. Um, no, yeah. Beyonce for sure didn't follow me back, which is upsetting. Um, and... I, so Weezer came out with a new album, the White oh, Album, which is a fa- it's, it's a fantastic album. It's a f- oh shit, is it? It's 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 yeah. I think it's the best Weezer album in fifteen years. Yeah, um, well, I believe that. I mean, I could believe that. What was it? <laughs> they haven't really been knocking about the park. Yeah, there were there were a few good songs uh, in the, on the last album. This is a really fantastic album, and um, you know, it just showed up in Spotify. Uh, and 
since REO closed up shop, um, pretty much there are a few people I know that are on Google Play Music, but pretty much everybody that I know is on Spotify and the numbers back that up. So yeah. when you're going, when you're saying, Hey, um, I'm going to take this giant thing and I'm going to hold it hostage on title. Uh, you're, you're deliberately putting into something that is, is struggling because you have a business interest in it. And I, I understand that there are, uh, monetary reasons behind that. And, but it's very frustrating. It, I mean, the consumers are going to win out, right? Eventually. Um, yeah. Right. And I appreciate the artists that uh, realize that they're going to have to change things up a little bit if they're going to kind of play the, the consumer game. Because now the floodgates are open. We have something that, you know, everybody's willing to pay. Hey, here's my 10 bucks a month, Spotify. Uh, what do you got? And and that's as far as we're all willing to go, I think. So we'll yeah. see where it goes from there. Yeah, and I think the Apple Music thing is the result of people like because there's a whole there's a whole group of people out there who are still paying to nine ninety nine an album. Mm-hmm. And you know, like my dad's got an Apple Music account. I don't even think he knows what that means. Yeah, uh, you know. No, well, no. It's, I think this is a it's the 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 ghost of Steve Jobs. I mean, is hangs over all of this. Um, cause he's the one who, who created this environment. Yeah. Um, really. I mean, he made the central argument of music of actually today, coincidentally is the 13th anniversary of, um, the iTunes music store opening. Um, wow. and that was the, I remember I was in high school when it happened and that was the opening salvo of the two thousands being the argument that people want to pay for music, um, and own their own music. Sorry, not pay for music, but own their own music. Yeah. And that was, and Steve Jobs laid into that heavily. I mean, he was a firm believer that, hey, music fans, they don't want to rent their music. They want to buy it and they want to have a copy of it forever. Um, and it maybe that was true in the 2000s, but obviously, like, hey, we're in 2016, six years into this decade, and this has been a, a, a significantly different story. Um, I will... I just want to say, because ever since we've been, we got featured in New and Noteworthy on iTunes, my parents now listen to this podcast occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, Hello. Maybe. Hello, may, <laughs> I love it. You know, it just, it, it just took us getting featured in Apple Music for my parents <laughs> to be like, all right, I'll check these guys out. <laughs> no, I, it was just like I showed some excitement. And I think that they, like, I, I don't even think they knew what the, like, knew they had an iTunes app. Uh, or a, a podcast app anyway, like, you know, podcasts mm. are unfamiliar, but I do want to say it's very possible that my dad knows what his Apple music account does. <laughs> I don't want to suggest that maybe he does. <laughs> I don't want to say for sure. He might know. I don't know if he like, mm. but like what, what the difference between Spotify and Apple music and title are, well, I don't know if he necessarily knows that. Cause I don't even quite know. There's not really a significant, difference between them anyway so but yeah mr Mr. Klinger, i spend all day every day on a a goddamn computer and i have no clue how to operate apple music so Mm -hmm. if you do not know then you are in very good company yeah it's 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 no uh it's no indication on your uh ability to use computer that's a pretty good backpedal though (laughs) i got it right it took a few minutes to be like oh maybe maybe you might hear that (laughs) so Uh. um Speaking of backpedals, yeah. let's, let's talk about some of these music videos from this week. Um, um, I want to talk about 
should we talk a little bit about the, the Florence uh, and the Machine Third Eye video since we kind of touched on um, the Odyssey um, f- film that, that this video is a part of? Yeah, so so explain a little bit about the Odyssey film because I feel like this has been a little overshadowed by the Beyonce thing. Well, yeah, I mean, this isn't new. Florence and the Machine and Vincent Haycock have been putting out film or putting out music videos um, for like a year now um, uh, related to the How Big, How Bold, How Beautiful album um, since since um, February 2015. Um Vincent Haycock uh, and and uh, Florence and the Machine have been working on um, this series of music videos, um, and and this week they were um, all all released as a single film. Um, the first six music videos, I believe it was, and uh, plus three new ones, and and one of those new ones is the Third Eye music video, which was also released uh, on its own on Florence's. Vivo account. Um, so if you if you're familiar with any of her um, more recent music videos, Saint Jude, Ship to Wreck, Delilah, um, Qu- Queen of Peace, and and Long and uh, Queen of Peace and Long and Lost, which is a double music video. Anyway, there's <laughs> a lot of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, there's a lot of, are you, are you reading this off of notes or just from memory? Just memory. No, I just, I've got the Florence and the Machine, uh, page open, um, on a website called the Internet Music Video Database. And so, anyway, all of these, uh, videos have been coming out now, you know, for a while. So, um, the fact that they're coming out as a single film now is, is not, is significant and it's, um, they had all already been kind of connected. They were already obviously connected to one another, and it was telling kind of a, um, a, a kind of loose but ongoing narrative. Um, and um, this this is the first video of them all that feels the most like a traditional music video. They've all had like kind of surreal and real elements, very grounded in the cinematography and the characters and a lot of the um, – kind of narrative action that happens, but then all of them have these very surreal um, moments that include choreography and, like, kind of this, like, twin or clone-ish Florence Welds look-alike character. Um, uh, anyway, it's all very, like... Um, yeah, it's it's like I said, it's all very grounded in, in the cinematography, all sh- all shot by Steve Annis. Um, many of the videos have had Ryan Heffington choreography. Um, the third eye video was, um, um, <laughs> it was who changed the credit back on third eye to Ryan Heffington? It wasn't Ryan Heffington. Uh, this this video had some really wow moments for me, um, particularly the elevator shot. I don't know if if, uh, if you were wowed by that one as well, but um, it just was such a surprising moment. Florence Wells like goes into this elevator and suddenly it just like it's a very sudden drop um, um, of of I don't know. It just like was such a like surprising moment for me. And then as soon as the elevator turns like the elevator goes downstairs and it turns and there's this just like massive um uh like choreograph like a ton of it like it's a, a, like it's it was a it's smaller cast and then suddenly there's like a ton of people down there doing all these crazy dance moves uh anyway i'm not doing a great job describing it but uh 
um, just a couple of moments that kind of really wowed me. Yeah, and it has one of the moments I really love in this is uh, it it sort of turns from something that's pretty surreal to something that's pretty concrete where she kind of sits down in her dressing room and uh, a guy with an acoustic guitar walks in and Lee kind of leads her while playing to the stage and it turns from, you know, the music of the song, uh, you know, being on the soundtrack to basically diegetic music. And we follow her up on stage, and she keeps singing this refrain, and we follow her, like, right up to, and all one single shot, right up to, you know, the curtains closed, to her like, kind of taking a position at the microphone, and you're just basically hearing her unamplified, just singing this refrain. It, it, yeah, the, this is, what is it, I, this is my favorite uh, Vincent Haycock and Florence and the Machine collaboration yet i thought this is this is pretty amazing yeah absolutely um yeah i guess i'm i really love those other those videos as well but this is the one you know i like this one felt the most like a music video to me like i said the other ones are a lot more narrative um and and this one yeah just uh i was super entertained by it in addition to being super impressed by it um and uh yeah it's it's hard to kind of do both and if you so they're going to be screening the entire uh, Odyssey series, Odyssey film. Um, you can go in New York on May fourth. Um, oh shit! Yeah, with, you can, with Vince. Um, I don't know if Vince Haycock is going to be there. Um, you can go to florenceandmachine.net slash sign up um, and sort of I, I guess enter into sort of like a ticket lottery for that. Man, I gotta talk to Vince. Yeah, or, or see, somebody. Yeah, talk to get get Florence on the horn. Yeah, sign. It says she says uh, sign up for a chance to win tickets to an exclusive screening of the Odyssey May fourth in New York. Um, gotta get on that. Gotta get on that. I get I get um, get I just give Florence a call, give her a ring. That's right. Yeah, she's in your phone as uh, well. Flow Flow tweets. <laughs> flow W. Flo yeah. Du- flow Dubs. Flow dubs, you know, it's cool. Yeah, it's whatever. Flow, yeah. Um, and then Orpheus goes in and changes her to Ryan Heffington in my phone. Orpheus, if you're listening, this you, Doug is angry at you. You're on fucking ice, Orpheus. <laughs> you're on thin ice. You're about to lose those mod privileges. <laughs> now we gotta go. Now we gotta go through and look at twenty thousand of your, your music video submissions and make sure each piece of data is is accurate. Hmm. Um. It's funny because I when a lot of these uh, articles talking about who directed the formation, or sorry, the um, the Beyonce Lemonade film are talking about sort of past work of Melina Matsukas or and you know Ryan, Mark Romanek and all these different directors, and they're sort of mentioning very specific numbers, um, like this is the eight you know blah 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 time that they worked with such and such. I'm always like, hmm, maybe they used our database to check that out because. <laughs> And, uh, and then my second question is, huh, I hope that info is correct <laughs> on our side. Yeah. Right, bro. It, it's, this is the at least eight. 
<laughs> Probably time. Yeah, uh, we're pretty sure this is the eighth time. Depending on where, depending on who produced the video, we know with almost perfect accuracy <laughs> or accuracy. No, uh, no, no. Definitely every piece of information. Um, now that I've corrected uh, Orpheus's mistake, is a hundred percent accurate on our website. So no flaws. After you uh, sent me this. Uh, this video, I went back and watched uh, Dog Days Are Over. Yeah. For the the uh, second version from 2010, which is actually the 54th video added to the database. And I don't know, it's just like I have a soft spot for videos of that era just because they came out at a time that we were like this when the, the, the database, like the filmed insert started and the, and the database started. Um, so those are are pretty near and dear to my heart, but that one especially is 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 one of my kind of favorites of that era, um, and you know, it, it it is of its era in a, in a way like it look kind of looks a little not dated, but you get, you can get I don't know even know we won't really just discover what the 2010 vibe is until you know another ten years or whatever but it has like, it feels a little 2010 for me you know mm-hmm. um but uh but still a fantastic video um made after there was this, it's the second version because the first one was was the i think was deemed look to to look too cheap because that song became such a massive hit they'd uh, make another one so anyway that's my side story doug we have some other videos to talk about. Yeah, we should. Let's do it. What? What? Um. Which? Where do we start? Uh, I think we could probably start. Do you want to start at this? Uh, what is Tim Heide? Tim Tim Heidecker work from home. We could talk, we could do a little time Tim Heidecker work from home. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this video. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. Come coming off Tim Heidecker's solo album in Glendale. Have you? So have you listened to this album? So a little bit. A little bit. I don't know if you've heard any of Tim. Tim Heidecker was in a um, band called Heidecker and Wood. I have. Um, I have I've, I've been listening to that. Yeah. So Davin Wood is – he's like does a lot of the music for Awesome Show and Tom Wilson Mayer and a lot of the Tim and Eric projects. Uh, him and Tim made like a um, – uh, basically, like a yacht rock album, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> basic, you know, it's like the the type of, but like it's so. Um, Tim Heidecker, like you know, the Tim and Eric style humor is of uh, like it's very defined, but each like you, you can kind of see Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim definitely have their own individual voices as well, and you see it kind of revealing itself as they do stuff more and more on their own in addition to the Tim and Eric stuff. And Tim Heidecker's stuff is way dry. Like, one of the driest dudes in... Like, his Twitter account is just insanely dry. And so, um, I can't tell. I think part of it, like... (laughs) Part of this is real. (laughs) And part of this is... Is like a real... Is like a joke and real. Like, it's done... It's done with such earnest. It's done like so earnestly and like well. Um, it's not like a joke album at all, but it's also like it's got. It, it's weirdly funny, right? Right. And Tim Heidecker, much I think so. Yeah, you're you're totally right that they have two different, very different sensibilities. And Tim Heidecker tends to do these things 
that are not super obvious jokes and mm-hmm. take them way, way too far. Um, mm-hmm. Not not too far in the way like, hey, you should stop, but just like way past the point where it, it seems like worth the effort. And one of them is <laughs> um, this series that he has with... Oh, Decker. Uh, well, well, Decker, as well as um, his podcast on cinema... Oh yeah, with, that he does with um, Greg, Greg Turkington. Yeah, who is who is also Neil Hamburger. Yes, yeah, um, and <laughs> they've done so many seasons of this they've thing. They've done so many, and it, it's a podcast and a series, and they like t- tweet at each other about it, and it's <laughs> argue. Been, it's been so long. So they started it out as a, like a very kind of terrible low budget podcast. And I think the joke originally was that it was just like a terrible podcast about movies. Yeah. Uh, super um, short, super short, right? Super short. Um, and they would just, they would just so get so shallow into the movies and kind of reveal they really didn't know anything about them. Yeah. Right. Um, and now it's, I mean, it has a, a TV show, um, like or a visual component, they're constantly fighting, um, it, and I can't even keep up, which is the crazy part. Uh, and like they, they have like a series, like a Decker series that like Turkleton like took over, or like, and that's all kind of like a spinoff of this on cinema thing. It is, it is insanely complicated, um, and also he also I can't remember the the whole thing, but he. Like for like, if you go on to um, Spotify, like one of the tracks on Spotify for Tim Heidecker is like a twenty minute story he tells about you know being attacked and stabbed, um, yeah, and his you know uh, by his neighbor, uh, and that really happened. That really happened, and it, it is a serious story. I mean, he he does walk the line between the serious and and uh, and com- comedy stuff, but so this video is. So this is why watching this video is challenging for me because I find it very, very difficult to kind of discern where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, like, where did, what did you? So this is a one-shot video, basically. It's called mm-hmm. work, "Work from Home," and it, it basically Tim Heidecker wakes up. He's got a red phone on a cord. He walks around and sort of like. Um, I got a kind of a birthday song vibe uh, by. Um, uh, you know, two chains in Kanye West, where it's like you go through a house. Um, there's tons of stuff going on. It's one shot essentially, and there's just a lot of things to look at in each. You know, as which I don't think it's an actual. I don't think it's an actual one shot because mm-hmm. Tim Hendricks shared this video and said he did a bunch of VFX in it, <laughs> and there's not a bunch of VFX in it, so he probably hit a bunch of cuts. Right. Um, um, although I think maybe he did some fake fire or something in there too. Um, uh, so I I haven't listened to the In Glendale album, but um, I, my sense is that the um, like where this where this album is coming from probably is from like it, it feels like Tim writing these songs that are positive feel positive and celebratory um about things that are kind of like p- parts of his life that he probably isn't going to be able to escape like like Glendale is not a 
good a place. Like it is not a, it is not a place to be celebrating, right? It's not a place where you're like, I'm living in, I live in Glendale. I'm the cool, I, I, I made it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done it. Um, somebody like Tim Heidecker, who probably like, he's got to live in LA essentially like Glendale is essentially LA, but it's kind of outside of LA and it's not like LA proper. Um, it feels a little bit more like a normal place. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you, uh, you know, if you've reached some success, you can kind of afford to like live in Glendale. It's still kind of easy to get to all the places you need to get to in LA and you don't have to live in fucking Silver Lake or in the middle of the shit. Um, but it's like, you know, not, not cool. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when I, Glendale is like where I ended up having to say, like I stayed, I went to LA, you know, for, for six weeks one time and I had to stay in a, you know, I stayed in the, the Glendale extended stay and, <laughs> you know, living the life. Um, uh, you know, IMVDB paid for that hotel. So <laughs> that's why I got the good one. Um, but so, you know, Glendale's not a great place, but it's the place that like Tim Heidecker, no matter how successful he's going to, is going to end up being, is going to be a little bit, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're going to be around this area. And like, I, I, like a song about like working from home, like this isn't a sad song. Uh, the, at least the tone of the song isn't sad, but it's just like, I'm going to lay in bed and look up at the ceiling for a while, like, and get, and get, get better. Like, I'm not really, like, I'm not sick or anything. I just need to like, my brain needs to look at the ceiling for a day in order to do what I got to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just like a weird, almost kind of like put on a happy face type of, and, and without having listened to the album, you get, you get that some of those ideas um, seem to be reflected in this video. Well, have you listened to the song Living in Glendale? Mm, I've heard of, like little bits of it. And it's like, it's just like living in Glendale, Northern Los Angeles. It's just like, but it's just like not. That's not. That's not a celebration. It's not celebratory to be like kind of close to L.A. <laughs> yeah, it's a very like positive song about Glendale. Um, but that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that because it's, and even the cover of the album is like just like a cat staring out of a window. Um, but it's not like an you know an opulent window. It's just sort of a window. Um, and yeah, maybe I mean it. It's, I mean, Tim Heidecker has to have some sort of overarching, uh, uh, not thesis, but like idea about this. And well, I also think it's uh, not to cut you, sorry to cut you off, but I also think part of it is like Tim and Eric's stuff, even Tom Goes to Mayor and and Tim and Eric Awesome Show. It had like a, a little bit more of a freedom where they could just do whatever weird shit like shit that doesn't matter. Like there was less at stake early on. Now that they've like, they've reached a point in their career where there's like, they're doing things for more money and more budget and, and bigger projects for more people. But as you do that stuff, like you, you lose a little bit of the looseness and you lose a little bit of the complete say, and there's more to consider and stuff. And I think that this, you know, when you're, when you reach a level of success, you suddenly need to, like, in a creative field, you suddenly need a creative outlet again. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that that's this too. Like he's just like he needs a creative outlet. He's actually a good musician. Yeah, he's not. He's got a nice singing voice. Um, like he's fun to listen to. Like I enjoy the music. Um, um, and it it like and it's not like a tenacious D thing, but it's like also it's almost like sad, funny, and uh, I don't know. It's complex. It's way more complex than. You know, a, you know, little dicky or some shit. But, uh, um, um, you know, I think it's like a creative outlet, but also like pr- like pressures off kind of thing um, to, to do some some weirder, unexpected, like unexplained kind of like he definitely has a perspective, but it's a, it's a perspective that nobody needs to ask him about. Mm-hmm. And also this video, by the way, has close to a minute of credits at the end of it um if you didn't you notice like the scrolling mm-hmm. credits that go on for for yeah. quite a while um, which is cool and that I, I i actually didn't realize i still had the video on um and then and then like suddenly it was like uh <laughs> um uh the jash music hit mm-hmm. and i was like oh shit that's that was still playing in a different tab i didn't realize um uh, yeah uh it's very interesting and complex. I like it. Um, but I also know I don't get it all. Right. I mean, it's very different from, I mean, we didn't talk about it in the podcast last week, but the, the Aziz Ansari and Eric Wareheim video for Famous was is now the official video for that song, mm-hmm. which is amazing. But yeah. very, a very different thing, a very, a very kind of like on-the-nose humor. Tim Heidecker, I, I feel like, he is one of the most not obtuse, but um, uh, there's some, and I hate to use the buzzword anti-comedy, but it's not even an anti-comedy. It's 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 yeah. And I was using yeah. the word I was using the word dry, and I don't think that's quite right either. There's definitely a dryness to it, but it's not. He's not like Jeff Goldblum. No, yeah. Something. It's not. It's very very different. Um, it's very different. It's like. Uh yeah, it's unique. It's so funny that he's got a Vivo. <laughs> like it, it really does, is. Yeah, I love it. It does not. It does not. And like for this, right? For this, um, and it is a yachtiest of yacht rock. It is pretty. Um, uh, it's smooth listening. I kind of I put it on, you know, in the background when I'm working, and uh, it's 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 a smooth ride. Heidecker and Wood is yachtier. You're right. Yeah. It will. Yeah. And Glendale is 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 probably less woodier. It's just more contemporary sounding. Right. So like the yeah the, um, Heidecker and Wood stuff feels like it is straight from, um, you know like a, a Hollow Notes era. <laughs> One more. Let's hop. Let's let's try this. Um. Um. Winter Sleep America music video directed by Scott Cudmore. Winter sleep. Uh, let me load it up. Close the tab. Okay, here we go. Yeah, let's talk about this uh, this winter sleep video. Um, the title of the song is America. Um, this one is. I mean, if we're talking about serious videos, this is a pretty serious video. Um, directed by so the the name of the song is America, but directed by a Canadian, Mr. Scott. Cutter. Yeah, very interesting. It is because this does have like I thought maybe that was, this, that was kind of just the title of the song, and I wouldn't really have any um, 
you know, strictly American influences, but it seems to be making some kind of like American political statements in here. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. I mean, it, there it was alluded to, but then there's it, the kind of like third act. It's kind of pretty direct. Um, so basically, you know, just kind of a quick run through of the video. It's first of all the cinematography shot by uh, Peter Hadfield is just stunning in this video. This is a beautifully shot music video, um, and it's basically um, you know shows a like a bunch of people kind of like in this kind of middle America feeling area. Um, and there's all these kind of like meteors um, kind of like launching towards earth. And then somewhere around the third act, uh, we kind of get, get some Donald Trump action, a little That's Donald right, Trump, yeah. Donald Trump on the TV and um, uh, kind of like talking, just kind of like giving them kind of like a, a stump speech kind of. And uh it's pretty clear that like at least to me that the indication of the video is that the, the these meteors are kind of a metaphor for Donald Trump uh in a sense and uh that he is the you know he's the potential doom um that is uh I think it's that it's that direct though like a direct cor- correlation kind of maybe maybe what what how did you read it? Well since it was on I mean you know, visually and sort of pacing-wise, it's sort of in the background. Um, so I thought maybe that was that was more a symptom than a cause. That was ah, that, that was okay. Sort of that's like fair. Happening, yeah. And it was and it was a sign, as many of us feel in the United States, and I know elsewhere that there is a surrealism to having Donald Trump be a <laughs> political figure and on our TV all the time. Um, because this definitely had like a you know one of one of our I think the number one video for 2014 that we picked was Modern Jesus um, by Portugal the Man, and that had a very documentary. I mean, it was a documentary essentially. Yeah, um, America style vibe to it that I think this channels in a way, but yeah. it has that supernatural element um, and an element where there's you know the narrative is is hinted at but not that clear. So there's definitely room for interpretation on that because you do see the meteors in the beginning, um, and then you see a house on fire. Um, but it's but no, there's nothing really climactic in this video, which is interesting for an, uh, you know a close to seven minute video. Yeah. Um, right. it's, it's all basically, which is one of my favorite things that music videos do, is basically just hints at interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. There's the old man. Um, I mean, the central thing of this is the, this, the, the news calls it a mysterious comet. Um, but you see it kind of through the eyes of all these, all these people. Um, and we are taken to, to you know believe it's in America because of Donald Trump, but you know they could be in different parts of the world. You really yeah. don't know. It actually does feel like Canada a little bit. Yeah, uh, parts of it do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't make it any less like effective, or mm-hmm. um, but it does. It does have a little like if like I don't really think about it, but now that we're kind of thinking about it, right? Uh, it feels a little bit like Canada, but um, and, it and, prob- like, and it probably is. <laughs> it, it feels like a lot of these. Um, it, re- it reminds me of actually, funnily enough, a Canadian movie, and I'm tr- and I just thought of it, so the name escapes me. But um, around, you remember the movie like Armageddon, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and all these sort of late 90s, early 2000s, really huge American Hollywood disaster movies. Deep Impact. Deep, and, oh, uh, Deep Impact was my jam, yeah. Yeah, right. It was a great movie. Which was the one where, was Samuel L. Jackson the president in one? Or was, uh, Morgan Freeman was Morgan in, Freeman in, in was Deep Impact. And um, around the same time, I think it was 98 or 99, there was a Canadian movie, low, much significantly lower budget, that was essentially about... Um, you know, same thing. Meteor is going to come toward the end of the world, um, and or end the world essentially. And but you never saw it. Basically, it was <clears throat> it was all basically you know focusing on interpersonal relationships between people. There was no real special effects, but everybody knew they were all going to die. Um, and that was the, what the movie was about. And you kind of get that feel here in a way. I mean, you have all these people. Uh, and it's interesting to watch the video again. And, and kind of like p- through the lens that all these people really don't know what's going to happen to them. If that's mm-hmm. the central conceit of the video, that there's something coming and they don't really know, hey, is it going to end the world or what's this comet for? Or, um, you know, kind of a lack of control over their environment and their fate. And to me, that's the vibe I got from that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um uh, how many do we have on our list of music videos with political illusions now for this 2016 election cycle? Did we talk about one last week? Uh, maybe. <laughs> what did we talk about last week? Yeah, I think we skipped last week, but the week before. Who the fuck am I? <laughs> no, well, we we, shot, we recorded at the end of the week last week. with oh, the right, yeah. and No, no. Oh, yeah. Fuck Donald Trump. We had a fuck Donald Trump video last week. Oh, that's right. Uh, so, the episode was uh, 190. Uh, Rihanna shot a guy, right? Um, and yeah, there. Uh, yeah, if you're talking about a political video, it doesn't get more political than that. So no, right. Um, that was a good episode, by the way. People should listen to that. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Some some, some people did. Um, so two videos, in a row, two music videos in a row with Donald Trump. His free uh, his free media publicity tour continues to roll on into the music video realm. <laughs> to the music video realm. Uh, let's hope maybe next week we'll get Hillary Clinton in a music video. You know what? I, I think it's going to be a long way off. The only way she's going to get in a music video is if she becomes president. I think. Yeah. And then, um, and then she'll be in all the music videos. It'll be a rule. Absolutely, every single one. Hillary Clinton, noted music video fan and supporter. Yeah, right. Um, and she's got hot socks in her bag. So, do you think she? I, I think she really didn't know that she was talking. No, I mean, there's. I saw a video like, um, I think it was Daily Chaos or somebody shared a video that like that's got her quoted saying that like she eats hot peppers every day mm-hmm. and has hot like is a huge like i don't know what it means to be a huge hot sauce fan but there's like other interviews with her from like decades ago where they're like what's your favorite thing to eat and she's like hot peppers or some shit and like she actually thinks that there's like some kind of benefit to spicy food mm-hmm. and and eating hot stuff so i i actually think she was being serious. Maybe she did or didn't know that the Beyonce thing was real, but uh, um, was a thing. But I, I don't think that that was like a, a full lie to just pander to the Wake Up Show crew or whatever. I, I think I think she genuinely does probably use a lot of hot sauce. Like it's not surprising that like a woman in her what is what, you know in her sixties or, or seventy, however old Hillary Clinton is, uh, likes to spice her foods. Absolutely. And if you watch that video. It's when he says, 
you know, he's kind of taken aback that she says hot sauce. And she's and he goes, uh, oh, you getting in formation? And somebody else says swag. And it's very clear to me that she has no fucking clue what they're talking about. And she's yeah, just laughing. Right. She's just laughing because everybody else is laughing. Yeah, and right. It's, they're having a good time. Like, yeah. you know, they're just like it's – it's supposed to be just like a fun kind of like low, you know, get to, get to, get to know me. Inter, you know, interview. I don't. I don't think it's a. Yeah. Anyway, that's a, that, uh, it's fun that we got here. Yeah, Hillary Clinton is. Um, she is sixty-eight years old. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so Great. yeah, so let's uh, let's wrap it up and uh, everybody go and look at the Wikipedia page for Hillary Clinton because it is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when they include the signatures on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah. And, if, and if somebody's going to have a huge Wikipedia page, it's it, having it be Hillary Clinton makes sense. Yeah, she's but, basically like done like um, like thousands of individual things that each deserve a Wikipedia page. So yes. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, this is like uh, this is uh, Will uh, Winston Churchill big. This yeah, is, it's it's a huge page. So I'm going to dig into this. Yeah. Um, and I am going to uh, to say I will see you guys next week. Go, uh, Doug. Would you recommend people go buy a title account and watch? Uh, <laughs> no, watch I don't. I don't. I don't recommend people signing. I, I I don't feel comfortable recommending anyone signing up for any subscription service of anything. Okay. So maybe a um, Dollar Shave Club. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hair, I'm a Harry's guy myself. Not oh, cool! I haven't uh, owned a razor in several years, so <laughs> it's a good money saving. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. So we'll see you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next week.